This episode is sponsored by MJ's Progress Not Perfection Meeting Center Association. We are in our meeting center where we do all these meetings for mental health and addiction. I can do this podcast anywhere. I can do this at home. I can do this in a closet. I can do this in a basement. It doesn't matter. All I need is somebody else to talk to about addiction and recovery. What I can't do from anywhere is help people with their addiction and their mental health problems. So if you can help out, you know, we do have a Venmo, we have a Cash App, we have a PayPal, we have an address you can send a check to. And, you know, all the money that gets donated goes towards rent, goes towards keeping the lights on, and goes towards keeping the internet on. So please, you know, if you can get five bucks, 10 bucks, 20 bucks, it doesn't matter. Anything you can is so appreciated. If you are a local business, if you're a national business, whatever, and you want to be a part of what we're doing, you know, you can reach out to me and we can talk about how you can be a sponsor. But I'll let you get back to the episode. So, okay. Welcome to the show, Celia. Thank you. Um, so how much clean time do you have now? So I have two years and two months. And like 16 days. I think I just checked it today. Yeah. Two years and so, two months. Yeah. Okay. So what was going on when you uh, went into like your recovery? Like what started this last it? Time. Yeah. This last time. Okay. So um, I was on methadone while I was pregnant and everything. Um, and I just like never got off of it. Now I'm totally, I'm for, and I'm for Matt. I'm for all of it, obviously, but I was just on it and not trying to get better, you know? And I was after, even after she was born, you know, I was just still like saying, Oh, I have to have my methadone, but I was also smoking dope too. So it was just mostly, it was just to keep my parents like thinking that I was interested in recovery, you know, like I'm got my yeah. one foot in, you know? Yeah. But, okay. So my daughter was actually removed from my care removed from my home because um her father and I had a domestic violence issue and so when they came in the home for that then they found out about like all the drugs and drug use and and so it just got even worse so then they took her November 2018 and I couldn't like come back to my house or anything I mean I lived with my parents at the time but my parents were like lock the doors change the locks like you can't come back they're like they cps took emery and there's we can't even get her back because you live here with us and there you're not fit to be, be her mom so she can't be around you so we can't even get her back and so i'm freaking out you know she's in child haven and you know she's was only two had her binkies and everything and it was just you know like i always try and say like i took care of her she was clean she was fed but the, the attention just wasn't there, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, but, so yeah, that, that really woke me up is when they removed her from my home and I couldn't come home. And so I was clean for, I actually had to call a friend that I've been friends with since elementary school to come pick me up because I, you know, had nowhere to go. And yeah. I was, I lived with her and her family for 87 days. Well, it was around, it was around like 80 days. And then I say 87 because I relapsed on my 87th day. It was just like all too much, too fast. Like I got a job really fast. I wasn't even trying to do treatment, you know, CPS. You were trying like, to, to go from, court. yeah, you were trying to go from like being an addict to being completely regular. Like that never happened. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You're, right. you're just like, oh, <laughs> if I just do all this like regular shit, then it's like none of that actually happened. 
Mm-hmm. Let me just yeah. start checking these boxes to get everything in order, make it look great, you know. Oh, it's oh, it's completely like textbook <laughs> addict, like what we what we all try to do. I feel like I feel like I talk to so many people that they're like, yeah, the first time I tried to quit, this is what happened. And it's always like we get in our heads like, all right, we nailed it, and then mm-hmm. nah. I'm good. I'm good now. No, nah, it doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, never, was not, it was a little too much responsibility. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was like, oh, I have a job, and oh, now I have my apartment, and I'm getting all these bills and things started in my own name, and I'm trying to get a room, her room ready so CPS can see and be like, oh, she's done so well, you know, let's give her back her kid. She's, she's yeah. great, you know? Yeah, that one wasn't happening. They were like, come on, like, we know. <laughs> like, I, I was like, I'm not going to do drug court anymore. I, I think I'm going to focus on a job, you know, so I can provide for Is her. Is that your first time just- ever in trouble? Um, no, like I've been arrested before. I've been in jail for things before drugs and, but no, I, like I've always left rehabs that my parents would put me in or like, I'd be like in like a legal hold, you know, 5150 can't leave for 72 hours. So (laughs) I came, I became really good at those AMA, you know, signing against medical advice and just dipping. (laughs) (laughs) So that 5150, that's like, it's called like something different, like all over the place. You know what I mean? Like, Oh, is it? Yeah, like I forget what it's called in Pennsylvania, um, but I know it's not fifty one fifty. But I know that term for when I I went to rehab in California, so okay. like I've heard that term when I was out west. So yeah, yeah, I live in Nevada, so right. Okay, <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, you're yeah, you're not the first person from Nevada. I've had a few on here. I had some really, you know, like biker dude, and he had some crazy stories. He was from Southern California, and like he mostly. He got high in Las Vegas for a while, but now he's been sober there for a while, too. Um, And then I talked to somebody I know from L.A. that moved there in sobriety to Las Vegas. Mm. And she's been there since, you know, right before COVID, but being sober the entire time. And then I talked to somebody that I know from that I met from TikTok like you um, recently that um, I forget. No, her episode didn't come out yet. But, yeah, she was out, like, by Las Vegas, but not in Las Vegas. But I know it was mm-hmm. in Nevada. Mm-hmm. So, probably, yeah. Um, but, I, yeah, I talk mm-hmm. to people, like, an AA out there and NA out there. And, you know, what kind of program do you do? So you, don't have to say I, the, you don't say the fellowship, but do you, like, do steps or oh. anything like that? No, I mean, not anymore. I don't anymore. When I went to rehab, um, yeah, I was all about it. I'm like, I want to do AA. I want to do NA. I want to just do everything I can. I'm going to take every suggestion I can, just all of it. But uh, And then I was sober. I did the abstinent thing for 18 months, and now I smoke weed. But it's like I'm so self-aware now. It's it's almost become, like, annoying. Like, I, I think, like, am I – do I have addict behavior in everything I do? It's like, yeah, unfortunately, yes, I do. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it, you're, like you, – yeah, to the point where you're, like, indoctrinated, so you question everything, you know what I mean? And I know – because mm-hmm. I use cannabis also, um, but I've been mm-hmm. using it since day one. Mm-hmm. So it's a oh, little since different. since day one of your, your journey? Okay. Yeah, like, I went to a treatment center that used it. You know what I mean? That was, like, why I went to L.A. So. That would would be amazing. (laughs) The only thing, I don't smoke. You wouldn't let me in drug court. (laughs) I don't smoke it, though. I don't don't smoke it, though. That's the difference. No, it's edibles. um, We don't have edibles in PA. I use um, RSO capsules. 
Okay. Do you ever hear RSO, Rick Simpson oil? Um, I've I've seen that and like, is that the same thing as like this? It's in a syringe and you put it like in your kind belly yeah. button or something like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. I've I've heard of something about that. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, but they all, um, they also come in capsules, in okay. inside of little pill capsules, because the problem is is when like you have the the syringe thing, it gets all like really sticky, like on whatever mm-hmm. surface you put it on, and you end up losing so much. And if oh, you yeah. lose it in your roof of your mouth, you're not it's not breaking down in your stomach like it's supposed to. So at mm. least with the capsules, when you take it with food, it breaks down with the food properly and you get the full effect from it. That makes more sense. Yeah. So you end up yeah, you end up using a lot less that way. But anyway, yeah, so that was that was with me though. So now when did all your your thing your addiction start? Was it with drinking early early on or was it drugs early on? Drugs, always drugs early on. And uh, I feel like I have a predisposition towards alcohol because, like, I was married before. I mean, him and I were together since sixth grade. And, like, we were together forever, but he was a full-blown alcoholic. And he, and so was his father and his brother. And, but it's just, he was, he still held a job. He still paid bills. He still took care of me and all of it. But, I didn't like to party like that. I didn't like to drink and it made me sick to my stomach. And so what he actually su- suggested is that I, I take pain medicine, you know, cause that's when it was like in the beginning where everybody's like Lortabs, you know, like so much that was like way, way, way back then. So I'm like, okay, I'll take a Lortab. And then I'm like, I like this. I can actually hang out and party with everybody. He's happy because he gets to drink and party still. And, yeah. Yeah, it escalated so quickly. Like, yeah, yeah. Just pills, always pills. But that was too. Pills were my thing, though. What, oh, really? Yeah, okay. I got yeah in two thousand eight. Yeah, with um, Roxy's. When did you? What did yeah. you end up getting into Roxy's? Oh yeah, I was doing the Roxy thing in two thousand eight. I graduated in oh six, and I was already doing like floor tabs and stuff. In 06, yeah. But yeah, Roxy's smoking the Roxy's by like 2008 sounds about right. Yeah, it's because I found Soma's in 2005 when I was a senior, so it's yeah. because like we would, you know, I was like, I'm not an alcohol, like at first, you're like, I'm not an alcoholic, and then I look back, I'm like, oh yeah, we drank like 70 nights straight when we were like seniors yeah. in high school, at least <laughs> a six pack a night, like we were counting the days in a row kind of thing. Oh you know, God, that no. kind of streak. It ended up being, like, in the 60s. And, um, like, without, like, weekends, you know, everything, you know, weekdays. And every day we would take somas in the morning mm-hmm. and because we'd be hungover. Oh, yeah. But that would be our first period. We'd all be in the back of class just being, like, just, like dead. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. Just dead. <laughs> so, yeah, I remember them, you know. But that was definitely my introduction as well, though, was those all the way i forgot all about that um wow that was a while ago right so yeah we're the same age so yeah when did you first get arrested with them then it was 2012 i was it was like december 27th 2012 (laughs) and yeah i had like five different types of pills on me i was passed out at a gas station i yeah i don't know they had they i was unresponsive in my car it was just all bad yeah <laughs> all bad. now what did i see about uh, a car chase 
Oh yeah. Okay. So that was my list. My, my last run, definitely. So, and then I went on that on my last relapse with somebody, this guy that I've known since I was 15. So, you know, I've grown up here, so I keep the same friends all doing the same things. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah. But we just went out in Centennial Hills, like, you know, nicer area of Vegas and we had a stolen car, a couple of them, but this, the one we got in our police chase with was a, like a burnt orange, like the brightest, you know, red, orange color Mustang. And, and I, I kid you not, we had been, you know, running from the cops for like six months, a good six months at this point. And so we were thinking nothing of it, but that morning we had actually scored some Xanax and we both kind of made a joke because we were like, Oh, we're going to jail tonight. Cause you do with Xanax. You just, <laughs> shit happens. <laughs> yeah. Xanax is, yeah yeah you're a klepto you are it's just it's bad but we like made a joke about it like haha and i'm not even kidding like we were in this chase like two hours later because we were trying to rob a lowe's or something and, <laughs> and so they they chase us out of there the bike cops are even like chasing us we get into this like neighborhood and we're thinking holy shit we're actually gonna get away from them again like really we go to get out of the car. No, the ghetto bird's up there for sure. It's like, he took off. He's like, Bobby, he took off running. And I'm like, dude, I'm sitting my ass down. Like, I'm done. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Your you're ass is going to get chewed up by the dogs. Okay. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened. The dogs tore apart his legs. I saw him later in, in booking, you know. But it's like, at this point, I'm like, no, homie, we're done. Like, the bird's out. The cops are all going to be here in five seconds. I'm not running nowhere. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to enjoy the rest of this Xanax high while I can. (laughs) I actually ate a few more. I was going to say, yeah, I'm going to get a little more high before the rest of this night goes really sideways. Oh, yeah, exactly. And and then I I always say I'm not really a big drinker, but for some reason in that panic, I threw the bottle of vodka we had in the car in my purse. Like, oh, can't leave this behind, you know? (laughs) What? Yeah, like that's good. Yeah. Yeah. And the whole klepto thing, that's, you hit it, like, right on the head. Like, did you even remember? Because whenever I stole on Xanax, I have zero to this day. I know the outcome of every single time of what happened. It was never good. But I can never tell you a single moment of the crime itself happening because of Xanax itself. Mm -hmm. Can you recall anything from Lowe's or no? Probably not. No, and I was always in the car to drive away when he'd be running out. But, but yeah, but we didn't really take Xanax a whole lot this this past this last relapse. It was just like the day we do, and we made that joke. We kind of spoke it into existence. But like I'm saying, at this point, I I was already off on it was like a nine month relapse now. My kid is about to be removed from my care completely. Like they aren't even gonna consider giving her back to me if I don't get my shit together. Yeah. And and like it just my addiction just got so bad that like this I was I never had I never was shooting up before and this last time like every day all day like insane thank god I only OD'd one time. Um but it's just insane how crazy you know you can you can be like clean or on methadone or you know whatever you consider it you're not living the lifestyle that's the part you're not doing yeah. lifestyle anymore. But then it it just it's like riding a bike. It's sad as it is to say, it's just so easy to flip right back there, you know? I always think about how, like, there's always, like, the stigma of how we count days, though. You know what I mean? And sometimes, mm-hmm. like, once you've already, like, gotten sober, 
and then you relapse. You kind of have the fuckets when you relapse because mm-hmm. you kind of had that mentality of like, well, if I'm going to go, I'm going to go right now. Mm-hmm. Like, if I'm go gonna, out. yeah, if I'm going to keep going this way, when I get sober, I, I won't have any regrets about when I had this run. And you mm-hmm. kind of just have the fuckets because you already know what the other side is. And then you have even more, more guilt yeah. and more shame about what you're doing because you do know, especially if you're riding any kind of program the first time and you paid attention mm-hmm. and you know that it is kind yeah. of inside yourself and not just externally and you do have kind of control in it. It's yeah. like, it can be rough, you know? <laughs> so I, mean, and, yeah, I don't, I, I don't, I don't practice any kind of program anymore, but definitely this time, like trying doing that and going inpatient and everything Definitely, I know what you mean now. Because if I were to relapse now, I like no girlfriend. You know, you know what you need to do. Like, you know, relapse starts way before you take that pill or drink or whatever. Yeah. So that's why I say I'm so self-aware. It's annoying, but like I have to be. You You have to be though. (laughs) No, it's you, especially when you can be to a to to an extent to where you're not being self-critical and harmful, right? Mm Because there's a difference. There are a lot of people out there that will be you know way too self-aware but to a point where they're being self-critical the entire time just being doing negative self-talk the entire time yeah and then and then there's other times where you're just being honest with yourself about things that you're either doing or saying that you want to be you know cognizant of you know Mm -hmm. so it it is a good thing to be self-aware because that's the first place we relapse is in our head yeah you know so absolutely and Part of your recovery, like you post a lot of, you know, TikTok recovery videos. Mm-hmm. When did you get started doing that? So I came home from rehab uh, Christmas 2019. So, yeah, right after the pandemic started in March, I think it was like May I downloaded TikTok, but I still didn't post anything for like a whole year or something, you know? I just didn't even know how I stood. I think I was still in that mentality where I was like, this is this is going to be a distant memory, you know? Like, we're all going to forget that Celia was a drug addict and no big deal. I'm not going to put it on the internet for us all to remember. And then it was just, yeah, you got to check yourself. Like, dude, you're a drug addict. You always will be. And that happened, so. <laughs> yeah, I find it really free. I, I find it really freeing to just, like, put it out there. No one could ever use it against me. Yeah. You know, right. no one can, like, no one can ever say to me, yeah, well, you were a drug addict. Like, yeah, I know that. Everybody knows that. Mm-hmm. I put it <laughs> on the internet every week. Yeah. Everyone knows this. <laughs> like, yep. So yep. it just, it, take, it takes the power. Sure. You know what I mean? It gives us the power back oh, in yeah. saying that, like, yeah, that is a part of who I am. But, like, it doesn't mean it's who I am, you know? Right. So... Mm-hmm. What what made you want to make all these videos? I guess because I was getting more proud of myself. You know what it was is I actually, because for the longest time, I couldn't forgive myself. I could not forgive myself for being this piece of shit. Like, I, I, I was terrible, you know. I did terrible things. I couldn't forgive myself. And my therapist would just keep telling me, okay, the more time you work on yourself, you're going to love yourself again. You're going to forgive yourself again. And she was right. So I you were going to. You were going to therapy, though, while you got sober? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, After inpatient, I did IOP, OP, and she's my same 
she's my same therapist that I've had this whole time. That's amazing. Like she's, she's, she's like, so do you think you need to come every week now or every other week? Is that okay? And I'm like, really? Can we just like talk for like 30 minutes once a week? I mean, I just need, yeah. it's so beneficial. Even if yeah. you don't, don't have issues like I do, it's beneficial. But. No, I think that's awesome. I'm so glad that you have like that kind of mentorship, you know, like that kind of person mm-hmm. to talk to. Because whether it's some people, they can't afford therapy or they can't do therapy, but at least they can get a sponsor. You know, a sponsor is free or somebody to mentor or whatever. But yeah, therapist, that's that's awesome to have the entire time, especially one that you want to see as often as you do. Because you you probably do it. You probably do it on Zoom or something. Right. Since the pandemic Mm -hmm. and everything. That's awesome. That makes it I feel like it makes it. I, I heard that a therapist said once that they don't like it because the clients actually show up for the appointments <laughs> like before they, before they could bill you because like, you're like, Oh, I don't feel like dealing with traffic. I'm just not going to go. It's whatever. And then mm. they bill you. But now everyone shows up because you can be anywhere. You can be in the gr- right grocery here. store parking lot. Be like, Hey, I'm here for my, <laughs> like, yeah. let's talk it out. This is where I want to yeah. be. Yeah. <laughs> no, I know. no. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, I mean, quarantine actually helped me, helped me in my sobriety. Quarantine helped me. I know a lot of people didn't, but I weirdly enough, it helped me. (laughs) No, I can totally agree. We, I mean, that's when mine started again, restart the clock. You know, my wife and I, our sober date is leap day, which is 229. So, and then, Mm -hmm. you know, everything shut down two weeks later on the 12th. So, you know, we were like, okay, well, here we go. So there was no going to meetings or anything like that, like I did the first time. So we just talked to each other. You know what I mean? We were just making sure we were being self-aware. We have our medical cards. So, you know, we did use cannabis, but, you know, I don't I don't smoke. So that's just something that I don't, you know, do. But either way, like, you know, we were talking to each other the entire time. And then Mm -hmm. once COVID lifted up, then we opened up our meeting center. So. Because the support is really good to have. So have you have you been getting like a lot back from like the support on TikTok too? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That and what I did too before I ever started posting TikToks was found Sammy, Sober Comedy Sammy, and his Zoom all recovery meetings. And I literally went to those um what was it, Wednesdays and Fridays? Yeah, Wednesdays and Fridays. I know I went all the every Wednesday. But that was a really cool place to meet people, a lot of people from TikTok. And then, uh, like, after I got off of here, this is where it's hard for me with programs. Because, like, I tried to continue, like, AA at my church when I came home. And they were like, and then I was going to chair the meeting. And they were like, but wait, you don't identify as an alcoholic. And I'm like, oh, my God, I thought we were cool. Like, (laughs) I like you guys. But I just... (laughs) I couldn't like chair and I, I wasn't going to go any further, you know, in that group. So I just was like, all right, bye, you know, whatever. And then yeah. I feel like, a, I feel like an asshole too, going to any meetings and like, I wouldn't, I have never gone to a meeting like high on, you know, weed or anything or, but I just don't, I don't think that's fair. You know, have all these people are completely abstinent and they're putting in the work and they're doing everything. And, I know that, that if I, if, I, if that was me, I'm like completely abstinent, and then somebody over here is like, "Oh yeah, I'm here. I just smoke some weed, though. I can do that if I want to." It would definitely discourage me. I'd be like, "You, what are you doing? <laughs> you can't be here then." <laughs> I don't know, but yeah, it, it, I it's not that big. It. Yeah, it's not that even, big of a deal. Like, you know, Auntie, what's her name? Jamie. 
No, you don't think so? I, it was just me getting in my head. Well, I mean, I, I've, I've done it, like I said, since day one. You know what I mean? And, but but did you I, share that? No. I mean, they know. They knew. They did know. My sponsor knew. Oh, okay. Yeah. Everyone knew that, you know, I used it in my recovery. I, I was very open about it. Um, only one group really had a problem with it. Um, and they were they were open about it. And it is what it is. But, yeah, I mean, I, it's not like I was like, hey, I'm JD, I'm an alcoholic, and I use weed, too. It's not like that's how, like, I opened and identified, <laughs> you know? It's just, right. it had come up a few times. But I, I just, it's, to me, it's not, like, the reason I'm sober today. You know, I use the steps. I, I got, you know, a lot out of using the steps. I recommend mm-hmm. steps to anybody, whether you're an alcoholic, an addict, or just regular and just want some improvement in your life. If you want to learn how to let something go in your life, mm-hmm. you know, because that's pretty much all you're letting go oh, yeah. is, you know, it's a relationship that you're letting go of and you have to move on from mm-hmm. and stop, you know, relapsing on and going back to and move on. <laughs> yeah. From. So yeah. It, it's just a, a horrible relationship that you need to break up and move on. So, and the steps help with that mm-hmm. a lot. So that's why everybody uses the same steps. It's just they change the word around for alcoholic. This episode is sponsored by MJ's Progress Not Perfection Meeting Center Association. We are in our meeting center where we do all these meetings for mental health and addiction. I can do this podcast anywhere. I can do this at home. I can do this in a closet. I can do this in a basement. It doesn't matter. All I need is somebody else to talk to about addiction and recovery. What I can't do from anywhere is help people with their addiction and their mental health problems. If you can help out, you know, we do have a Venmo, we have a Cash App, we have a PayPal, we have an address you can send a check to, and, you know, all the money that gets donated goes towards rent, goes towards keeping the lights on, and goes towards keeping the internet on. So please, you know, if you can get 5 bucks, 10 bucks, 20 bucks, it doesn't matter. Anything you can is so appreciated. If you are a local business, if you're a national business, whatever, and you want to be a part of what we're doing, you know, you can reach out to me and we can talk about how you can be a sponsor. But I'll let you get back to the episode. <laughs> right. And, uh, and then the, my, the sponsor I had got when I, when I came home, I went to that meeting at the church. She was awesome. You know, she identified as an alcoholic, but she was like, look, I, I'm an addict, too. Like, I used all the drugs that you have. You know, she was just trying to make me feel like. You know, you could be here. You could do this. And she was awesome. She took me through my steps. She had, like, packets of, like, homework and shit. I'm like, all right, I'm for it. I'll do it. <laughs> Did you ever watch Mom? That show, oh, yeah, Mom? Yeah, yeah, yeah. because that's, that's what, you know, hilarious. they're in AA on that show. They identify mm-hmm. as alcoholics on the show. But you mm-hmm. always hear, whenever, like, you know, Bonnie relapsed, it was always, like, on drugs. Yeah. You know? So like, and they would always, they would always like talk about all the drugs that they did. So it's not yeah, just not about just that. Drinking. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Sometimes it just, it yeah, no, it is. And a lot of it is in our head too, because that same group, I got so in my head that I relapsed, you know, and I yeah. started, and I started drinking again. So I didn't relapse on pills. Luckily I'm mm-hmm. still, you know, good from there. But yeah, mm-hmm. I, I did drink again eventually, and then I quit drinking again on Leap Day. So, but yeah, the meetings and the support, whether it's virtually, you know, through Zoom, or whether it's through just like Facebook groups, 
you know, there's a lot of things you can do virtually now, which is pretty cool. Even therapy, like better help and stuff like that. Oh yeah. But yeah, no, they're one of the. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, they're one of the sponsors because um, what is it that? I know my wife tried to get therapy around here, and it's like a six month wait. Yeah. yeah, like how did they expect like, people to do that? And better help you can do it in forty eight hours. <laughs> nice. So, <Yeah>. you know, <laughs> what I think is like we said, like everybody's there for their appointment, so it's a lot easier. <laughs> like nothing yeah, is in person. Yeah. <laughs> so, so how how has it been lately? Then, like getting through the holidays. You know, it it hasn't been it hasn't been so bad. The only. I mean, it's just hard around the holidays, not even drug related, but with my family, because we just lost my grandma like two years ago. So things are still kind of weird. But I mean, and I know they say holidays are a lot harder on people, too. But I mean, luckily, I guess I haven't noticed it being harder for holidays. Well, that's good then. Yeah, I guess it depends on the individual, like uh, what your holidays were like, you know, when you were drinking or when you were using Cause mm-hmm. like, when did you start using? How old were you? 17. 17. And mm-hmm. when was like the height of it? Oh, uh, like probably five years ago. Five years ago. Yeah. Okay. So that makes 2016, but you, that's not your server date though. You had some relapse. No. Yeah. I relapsed that after I had my daughter, but yeah, right before I got pregnant with my daughter in 2015 was like the worst, my addiction. Well, the, I wasn't shooting it, but I was like selling it, living in, you know, I was homeless, but squatting in a house. Like it was just that, that way <laughs> it got bad that way, but I okay. didn't go to, I didn't go to holidays, you know, or if I did, I was super high and in the bathroom all the time and don't remember <laughs> yeah. anything, you know? So it's just insane to think like I thought no one could tell. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Now has how have you felt lately with like how open you've been like on the internet with you know a lot of people with your story and everything? See, like my mom, she'll watch. She watches my TikToks. My sister-in-law, she likes them too. Um, I I guess I'm not. I was worried about it at first until I started to forgive myself and just start saying it is what it is. Let's just keep, you know, can only go up from here. So I just don't share things like, like I told you, I was shooting this last relapse. And now I've never said those words to my parents, but they know because I left a bag here. I know I had a clean one in it. I came back from jail. It was gone. Like they know they just never said it to me. And I've never said the words to them. But that's one thing that I haven't really been too open on the internet about. You want me to to take it out? No, no, it's fine. This will be the debut? Yep. Yep, good. Get it all out. Get it out. There's your therapeutic (laughs) part of it, of of letting it go and putting it out there. And it, it does make it a lot easier, though, because it makes it real. It makes you feel more accountable about it. You know, it's like, all right, that really happened. Now they know it happened. And we can accept the fact that it happened and move on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It is what it is. Like, you're still who you are today, you know? Yeah, I think it's like I wanted to be like, yeah, but let me accomplish more, you know? So I could be like, yeah, that happened, but look at me now. (laughs) It was more of like a padding thing for me. Like, I was nervous. (laughs) Yeah. Well, no, that makes sense, though. And, you know, 
I, I think it's totally okay that there's still actually a lot of places where you can do meetings like with using cannabis too in being in recovery. Mm-hmm. Um, like there's been a girl on my show that she has her own show on Instagram um, called 420 Recovery. And oh, really? Yeah, it's all about people that use cannabis in their recovery. So like she's been on my show a couple of times. I've been on her show a couple of times. So like she's pretty cool. Nice. She was in a police chase herself also because her and her husband yeah. in addiction robbed some banks in Texas. Oh, what? Yeah, <laughs> can't do that anymore. No. <laughs> so, yeah, she told Are they story. they're they're cool? Her and her husband are cool to, like together? Yeah, actually um yeah, so they're one of a few couples that I know that, you know, I've had two different on here where I talked to the to the woman and but they're still married to them and they were in active addiction with them and now they're still happily married in sobriety. Um, awesome. And there's another couple that I've been talking to about doing an episode and I wanted to do a special where like I talked to all the couples, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. one couple about what it was like in addiction together as a couple and like, you know, because the one yeah. couple was they were going from Ohio to Florida seven times a month, 22 hours for five years. Damn. So, <laughs> yeah, but you know how those pills were back then. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> like, because mm-hmm. they were coming back with like 2,000 pills each month. Oh my God. Yeah. Then so, it, exactly. So, yeah. it ends up being worth the driving, obviously. So, but I'm glad that you're doing as well as you are now and like finding a way to make it work, like tailoring mm-hmm. your own program. Like, it's not a one yeah. size fits all program because that's not what it's supposed to be, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. No, and I'm, I usually am pretty, like, specific or calculated, I guess. I like to know if I do A and B, this is going, this is the result, you know, and if I just do it right like that. So it's been challenging for me to <laughs> be like, but what is the answer? Please just tell me the answer and I will do it right. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, figure it out yourself. <laughs> that makes no, a lot of sense, like... though. Yeah, but I think that's what does make it work, though, is that it is something different. And it's something that you can't kind of manipulate either. You know, right. I, I think when you kind of expect an answer, you can kind of manipulate the answer too, mm. you know, if that makes sense. So yeah. this time you can't, and you're kind of just trusting it's going to work. I mean, you're doing a lot of different things between just being open on social media for the first time, because mm-hmm. during the other times when you got clean, you weren't being, you know, open and honest about it. You were just like sweeping under the rug. Oh, Yeah. it's like the it's like the old days you know how they talk about the old stories of like the family members in the 70s where they're like oh yeah they had a drinking problem but we don't talk about that you know what i mean like like it never even happened yeah yeah, like it never happened (laughs) we just no we don't know what you're talking about yeah so it's (laughs) you're taking ownership of it you know and i think that makes you feel more accountable you know this way you're like you know what i i really can't relapse everyone knows what i'm doing i put it out there Mm-hmm. and it, it came like it was a lot of ego too I had to like, like even after I was in recovery in the beginning my brother would still be like yeah but you know mom and dad they really should have done this and but they did that and it really fucked you up worse and I'm like I know but let's just like, I can't keep blaming them and blaming them and blaming them and that's that that would mean that I am not taking responsibility 
because to me, responsibility equals action. You know, I have to take the responsibility and do better, be better, yeah. be different. It would be so much easier. Yeah, it would be easier to say, oh, it's their fault. But, Mm -hmm. yeah, and guess what? They don't, yeah, I give give my parents credit. They don't, they didn't have Google. Yeah. You know, (laughs) they did the best that they could. Mm -hmm. You know, my parents had me when they were 23 in 1986. They they figured Mm -hmm. it out. (laughs) (laughs) You know. They didn't get no manual. This this is their first time. It's their first time, too. So, and definitely being a parent, I'm like. You guys had no fucking clue. Okay. <laughs> no, right, I cool. jumped in at five. I, I'm a stepdad. I jumped in at five and I co parent So it was like hopscotch. That's where I jumped in. You know what I mean? Like where Ooh. they were already going. I just like kind of hopped into the mix. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I, I give them is credit. They, they did the best they could. And mm-hmm. we went on family vacations and my brother and sister are fine. So, you know, they just, it's statistics, you know, they yeah. had three kids, what they oh, expect. Yeah. They're not all not going to come out good. <laughs> yeah. And you can't blame them. And really too, I had to say like, I really didn't have like a terrible childhood, like crazy things happened and I didn't deal with them appropriately, you know, but other than that, it's like, no, I can't be like blaming my parents. I had a terrible childhood, blah, blah, blah. No, I was just a jerk. And, you know, yeah. <laughs> I That's just a- wanted to get high. That's all. <laughs> and are you the oldest? Yeah. Yeah, me too. So like that's how I, f- I feel like that too. I was just like no, yeah, and then plus I, I wanted to rebel. I wanted to any rule they gave me, I was gonna break it. You know, they they would tell them, I would find out that my parents threw a party when they were in high school, and then I would throw a party this way. I could say, well, you did it when you were in high school. You know what I mean? Like I was that kind of person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna find a yeah. reason or an yeah, excuse I really... to do it. Yeah, and I really feel like my parents had the one thing they did instill was this manipulation mastery because I, when every time I got in trouble, I had to present my case to my parents and I got to be a part of my sentencing, my groundation. And so I knew how to talk, I knew how to use the words persuasive, this, and I even got it was like a couple weeks before my 18th birthday, and I'm like, take it, okay, listen. I can't just have, you know, free reign within 24 hours, you know, let's, let's start this. Okay. Let's move my curfew to like one and let's just see how I do with it. You know, cause it was just, you know, I did that through the, my whole addiction too. manipulate the shit out of everyone and everything. So yeah. bad. <laughs> you, you missed your calling as like a trial lawyer. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, definitely like, supposed to. Definitely you, supposed to be a lawyer. <laughs> You had a lot of practice of presenting your evidence and making sure you had a good opening statement and closing oh, yeah. statement. I'll argue both sides of the case. Yeah. That's awesome. No, I know that feeling, though, yeah. and especially as the oldest. And I almost feel like I I learned a lot of lessons that so my siblings didn't have to. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what oh, I mean? Yeah. Like, I have a brother and a sister, and we're really close, all three of us. Um, but luckily there's a lot of things that I did that they knew never to do. Mm-hmm. I kind so, of feel, yeah. Is there only two I'm of you? like, I showed you. Yeah. I feel like with my brother, I'm like, see, I'm showing you how not to do life, you know? <laughs> yeah. But no, he's doing great. He's awesome. He's uh, two and a half years younger than me. He's doing great. He has his family and his career. He's, you know, it's just like, what happened? And you have your daughter back and everything now, so you have full custody? Oh, yeah, I got full custody back, and I'm fighting with the courts right now because 
I'm trying to get his name. I know this sounds terrible. I'm just trying to get his name off of her birth certificate completely because she has his last name. Is I'm an idiot, and I just want Wait, to change what? it back to mine. Um, she has his last name. You know, I oh, okay. To make sure, yeah, that all that, but you know, he's not there. He hasn't seen her since that day. That you know, 2018. He has not seen her since that day. He hasn't tried to. So I'm like, mm. and he's has he been locked up? Than, no, he's homeless. Um, oh, literally okay. homeless right over here. Like I see him on riding his bike outside of Smith's, and you know, just the shady shit that he lives in a tunnel over here by the high school. It's just. I just saw something on that. Like on um, I forget was it maybe it had been Vice or something like that or one of those specials, but how it was about the underground like population of homeless people in Vegas, and mm-hmm. how it's like through the roof and the only thing they ever have to fear is like whenever it does rain, is that Blood. it floods out and people could die extremely easily. Oh yeah, yeah. There's I've never been like down down there where it's like miles and miles. But yeah, he's just over here in this little tunnel by by the by the school. Uh, yeah, it's scary down there. Yeah, it's scary down there. Yeah, yeah I wouldn't want to. I saw like they were going down there. I'm like, yeah, I wouldn't fuck with those tunnels. Like, no way. Yeah, no. I don't. I mean, <laughs> maybe if my dude was like, you have to come through here to pick up. I'm like, okay, fine. But okay. I'm using my phone. <laughs> my, my phone's flashlight the entire time, bro. <laughs> yeah like i'm bringing my dog with me okay it's like Somebody. there's no way i'm walking down that tunnel by myself it's yeah. way too fucking dark so but yeah that's a shame i mean you know you I mean, can't it sucks that he's he's like eight years older than me and just hasn't been sober long enough to get his shit back together he has three beautiful daughters and so I, I struggle back and forth with like, do I do this? Do I take his name off there completely and protect her from? But that's still always his daughter. I just go back and forth because I know I I know I didn't love my daughter any less while I was out there. Yeah. You know, and so I know he loves his kids. And I'm sick, but. Yeah, and that's the thing is, and once we go out, we're just like, you know, there's so much guilt ridden behind every single high. It just mm-hmm. like so much guilt behind it you know so yeah i mean i get that completely it's never relapse is never fun especially when it lasts a while especially when it you know they they always get worse yeah you know it's very rare that you have like a pretty easy relapse sometimes you can get lucky and you can be self-aware enough to where you can go oh wait i gotta i gotta cut this because i see where I just played the I tape out. I feel like I got that. Yeah, I feel like I got that, that. I could be able to play that tape all the way through, you know? Especially with, like, cravings and stuff like that. You just got to play it all the way through because you know where it's going to take you. It's just not – I feel like I've gotten to the point now, too, where I don't even – because, you know, everybody's always like, yeah, but maybe and I can work out a plan and I can make it so, like, that's your, like, <laughs> lapse in judgment yeah. right there. Do you ever? But now I feel you, like I'm far enough ahead where I'm like, that's not gonna help anyone. Do you do you ever call out your um your cravings? Like if you ever if you ever have a not a craving or a trigger. Um, mm-hmm. if you ever have like a trigger, do you ever like tell somebody about it? Oh yeah, my sister-in-law. Yeah. 
Okay, cool. So you have even somebody you can go to and even talk to about those kind of things too. Yeah, and I actually, um, nobody knows this, so don't put this in here, but I just uh, recently started talking to my ex or whatever you want to call him, the guy who I went on my, that last, this last run with. So I like stopped talking to him because he just wasn't taking his recovery like seriously. And I didn't want to date anybody for the first year, you know, like you're supposed to. Yep. And, and I actually, I had to tell him off and be like, dude, I'm trying to focus. You need to focus. Like you got six years holding over your head, you know, like get your shit together and get off my ass. Yeah. And he, and I just left it alone from that day and was like, if it's meant to be, and we're meant to speak again, then we will. And it's just so weird because a couple months ago, he was like, I want to reach out, make an amends to you, and just make sure that you're okay. And like I said, we've been friends since we're 15. So I don't know where I was going with that one, or why I was telling you that. Green part. I mean, is it something that you're about your future? Or are you looking to. Oh, no, no. Okay. So you said triggers. So him. Like, if I okay. have, like, a trigger, like, I can explain it to him, and he knows to a T exactly what I'm feeling and exactly what I'm talking about. And he's in a good place now, in the right headspace, to take it seriously. And, like, and he's like, I can't drink. I know that if I drink, that's just going to take me right, next, right to a bag. And I'm like, good, you know that about yourself? I can support that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's definitely good whenever you, and especially being honest about it, too. Yeah. You know, it's one thing to be self-aware, but sometimes we can be self-aware and then ignore some things. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, <laughs> it's like, I know that's a bad idea, but, and then as soon as you say that, that, but, you know, mm-hmm. it's a bad idea because you're trying to yeah. justify it for some exactly. reason. <laughs> the justifications. I'm trying to convince myself. I shouldn't need to convince myself. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it happens. But either way, I'm glad, you know, your your program's working for you, how it works for you, you know. Thank you. That's awesome. So, but thanks for sitting down with me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. I appreciate it. I've been so nervous. I've never been, like, a speaker at a meeting or anything, so this is cool. Thank yeah, you. I mean, it's definitely something different. I don't like to have, like, somebody be like, okay, talk. Talk at me. Yeah. I'll, I'll be waiting for you to dazzle me. Like, yeah. no, I just rather just have a conversation, just conversation. talk back and forth. Yeah, this way mm-hmm. you feel more comfortable talking. So mm-hmm. thank you for taking the time to sit down and, you know, open up for pretty much the first time ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, thank you. Yeah, and I'm glad you ha- you felt comfortable enough to, you know, share that and be like, you know what? No, I want that to be in there, and I want them to just, like, it's who I was. It's not, doesn't define me. It's just something that's yeah. part of who I am, and it's not who I am. So, right. That's awesome. But, yep. Thank you so much, Celia. Have a great night. You too. Bye. All right. Bye bye.